Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, is Garrett Zatlin. How's it going, man? Uh, ben, it it's it's uh, it was just off of St. Patty's Day weekend, right? Which means luck of the Irish. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like you did not get so lucky, however, falling under uh, oh, the weather a little bit. So uh, not a great not a great timing for that. But guess what? You're a trooper. You're hanging in there, and you're doing it for the people, right? This everyone at home just know that Ben's a man of the people. He's fighting through this. He has a kid too. Like, I mean, really you're you're doing miracle work over there, Ben. Oh yeah, I I do it for all of you. I'm looking at each and one each and every one of you <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. I'm doing it just for you. Um yeah, just a little bit of a cold. We were in Florida this past week. It was a great time, but uh picked up a little cold. So, what are you going to do? Can't complain too much. There's worse places to be. Um, if you're going to get a cold, so you know, is what it is. Um, speaking of uh, positive developments, though, we did get plus two on Spotify, ninety six. We're rapidly approaching, and by rapidly, I mean just at the same rate approaching one hundred <laughs> reviews. Nothing on Apple. Rookie numbers. Let's get those up. We'd appreciate that. Thank you. Actually, I thought it was maybe one. It might have been one. I don't maybe. Know. I maybe I one. will say I think we got our first non five star review on Spotify. Because we are right. down to 4.9 instead of 5.0, which broke my heart just a little bit. Devastating stuff. Devastating. It was probably my mom. Um, it was yes, bad anyway. to happen, but was. I, was, I, I was sad that it did. Uh, shout out to the YouTube comment of the week. That's what we're doing now. That's a segment. Uh, someone said, uh, in reference to the Navasky anderson DQ from last week over 800 meters, uh, they said disqualification is kind of strange to me. It seems subjective, intent, natural sway, falling, etc. What about all those events where athletes drift out? I mean, like, it's not a terrible point because you always no. see athletes drift out. But I think that with and so in that sense, there is some kind of subjective level of like, you have to identify whether or not like it was just a normal drift out or something like intentional and like severe. And I think both of those things occurred with the Anderson DQ. Yeah. I was initially going to be like, Oh, come on. It's not, it's, it's pretty easy. And then I kind of like thought about it. It's like, well, it's, it's, I guess it's not always that easy. There Um, have been worse uh, instances in like road racing than what Navasky Anderson did. And they have not been DQ'd. So I, I kind of understand that. That's a a very good point. Um, Well, let's actually get into today's content and slash discussion. We're going to do, do you want end of season awards? Just talk about those. Talk about some of our personal votes. We won't talk about the mm-hmm. overall winners. And then we'll talk about transfer markets some transfer news that we have put on the site earlier uh, last week. So Ben, what do you want to start with first? Do you want to do EOS or do you want to do transfers? Let's do end of season awards first. And we can start off with the best freshman award, which uh, which will go with the on the men's side. The nominees were Will Sumner. Handel Roban, uh, Isaiah Gibbons, Gary Martin, James Donahue, Abraham uh, Logosiwa, hopefully that's how I say it, uh, Vivan Hens, and that is it. Who did who did you end up voting for, Garrett? I had uh, Handel Roban, and if you had told me going into the national meet that he was going to win this, I would have said, did he win the national title? <laughs> um, so I just, he was, I don't even know if he was the best 800 meter runner on his own team. Um, but he runs 147 multiple times throughout the season, second at big tens, makes it to the finals, uh, runs 147 at altitude, gets third mm-hmm. overall after the DQ. It was pretty impressive. Like it was pretty darn impressive. Absolutely. And, and for him to overtake Will Sumner, I, for both of us, I, is wildly su- like surprising, as you, you mentioned. I think he definitely would have been one of the front runners for this award. And, and honestly, I think it was a tough decision between the two of them. Um, he won an SEC title. He made he made finals, right, um, in the 800. Uh, yeah, he did. Yep. Um, so, I mean, he, he had a fantastic season. And I think you – I don't think there would have been any disagreement on my end, if if you voted for Sumner, I think Isaiah Givens has kind of like went under the radar a little bit this year, running 355 and then not competing at NCAA's due to illness. If he had run at NCAA's, could be talking about him for this award, certainly. 
Yeah, it's possible because if you look at how those mile prelims and finals played out, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he cracks into that, you know, that that final because especially because yeah. he didn't have Thomas Van Oppen to then deal with. Um, or no, wait, what what was there? There was some kind of uh, oh no no Van Oppen was out of the five. The final. There was someone mm-hmm. else though, I think, who stepped out of the prelim, right? That was Givens. It was just it, Givens. right. I did I didn't know if there was anyone. Okay. Maybe I'm just confusing it. I thought there was someone else. There may not have been. Um, but yeah, like he had a realistic shot. So it's a little unfortunate for him. So is Givens the third guy that you would have given? Um I think either him or Martin. Um, I think you probably give the edge to Givens just based off qualifying individually. I'm having a hard time figuring it out because I think, I think my third option would have been Abraham Longo Longoswia Longis. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. gonna, I'm sorry, the guy from Hofstra. I'm sorry. Um, thirteen thirty nine. Yeah, the only true freshman under thirteen forty five for that distance. Like if you look at the five k or even the three k, like there's really no true freshman there. Yeah, and the fact that he was in there and he actually ran a couple five k's really fast. To me, I think that matters, and I think it gives him some stock over Martin, who was maybe not super consistent in the mile. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Hens and uh, Donahue were 357 milers. They weren't 356 or 355 milers. So that's just what I would have gone with, but I think it's pretty clear-cut. Handle Robon and then Will Sumner. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, we, we might have a heir to uh, Alex Masai on our hands, which would be really interesting. Hopefully, maybe not the way he runs races, right. but in, in terms of the talent, um, I, I think Lugosiwo will be interested to see what he does throughout the rest of his career. Because he, he's also one that kind of flew under the radar um, just because we saw so many sub-1330s this year that uh, a freshman going under 1340 indoors um, is still very, very strong. Um, and you just don't usually see outside of like the Nico Youngs of the world, freshmen running that quickly this this early in in their career. Let's move to the women rookies. We've got, uh, is it, it's Roisin, right? Roisin Willis, Juliet Whitaker, uh, both of Stanford, Haley mm-hmm. Kitching of Penn State, Claudia Kazimierska of Oregon, Riley Chamberlain of BYU, Taylor Ro- uh, Rohatinsky of BYU, uh, Bila Chip Curie of Oklahoma State and Natalie Cook, Oklahoma State. I think it's pretty fair to say your top choice, my top choice, Roisin Bill is correct. Yes. Well, this was the, one of the easiest awards to vote on. You had to, I, I mean, looking at this list, I think we could both agree that this is one of the deeper, like, mm-hmm. award uh, nominee lists that we had for all of these awards. You look through, I mean, the fact that. Juliet Whitaker, we didn't even really consider her winning in the Freshman of the Year award. Almost any other year, what she did would she'd be a runaway winner. But just because her superstar teammate, who like just barely edged her for the national title, um, is running at the same time as her, she wasn't even really in consideration. I mean, you look down further at this list, like Kazimierska was great uh, in her inaugural campaign. Taylor Rowatinsky was good. Natalie Cook showed a, a nice flash at the beginning of the season before fading a little bit. Like it was, it's just a really deep freshman group this year on the women's side. I think there's actually the slightest bit of an argument for Whitaker. Yes, she fell behind, right? Willis, uh, a pair of two flat marks, mm-hmm. both to both to Willis, runner-up. But it's that mile prowess, right? That kind of gives her the edge of 433 PR, anchors home the DMR, coming back from the injured prelims. To me, I think I she think... was in the 4x4 four four too, right? Was she was she's like, oh my gosh, was she four really? by four? I, I, I need to confirm this, but I, I thought I saw on Twitter people being like, yeah, she just, just did absolutely everything. And that's and that's kind of where the argument comes in of like, well, just just really what more did she have to do? So I think it's probably closer than maybe we realize. But oh, my gosh. Yeah, she was on the four by four. They got last, but not important. Um, that's yeah, that's Willis crazy. Was too. Willis was, too. Okay, so credit to Willis as well then. But still, you know, I think the the mile prowess that Whitaker offers, the 433 PR, the fact that she ran actually 433 twice that mm-hmm. season, that's pretty impressive. So I, I don't think it's clear cut, but I think it's pretty – I don't think anyone's surprised that Willis won. 
No, and, and the fact that, to your point with Whitaker, the fact that they trusted her with that anchor leg, which is obviously the most important leg of the DMR, for her, she, she was given a nice lead, but for her to finish that leg out and give them the win shows you their trust in her mm-hmm. ability to come back after the 800 prelims and still be decisive enough in that mile leg to win them an NCAA title. So you got, I, like I said, any other year, I, I, beside, I, I can't even really think of because Tui wasn't even this good as a freshman in the indoor season. Like, Almost any other year, Whitaker is the clear, clear winner here. She just went up against one of the other best freshman uh, campaigns with Willis. Two quick questions, and then we'll move on. Um, Who was your third favorite freshman? And then what, like, how much stock did Natalie Cook's 1524 5K time have? And then she obviously struggled. She even mm-hmm. has mentioned publicly how she's had some struggles this year, just trying to get back into a rhythm. Yeah. So, so th- what are those, like, what are your responses to those two questions? I think Kazimierska for me, I just, uh, the season as a whole wasn't the yeah. best NCAA uh, performance, but she still was sixth place in the mile. Um, she had a, a strong enough DMR leg. Like she was very, very good throughout the season. Well, to, the point to clarify, that I, the, the, the DMR you're talking about in the, during the regular season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yep. she also, she also was the lead off. Was she the lead off leg? Um, no, no she was the anchor. anchor. She was the, the struggled. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes, yes. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think overall she just had a fantastic season. I, I, I thought she was a true contender uh, in the mile. She didn't didn't look great, but again, wasn't all American. So I, I think Kazimierska had to be the one. And as far as Natalie Cook, I it's hard because the recency bias of of the last time we saw her is still very much stuck in my mind. But she showed, like she did in the fall, her enormous talent, her enormous potential with that five k. And you would imagine as long as she's healthy, she she has a very strong argument to being just as talented um, or just maybe a few steps back uh, in terms of talent behind Willis and Whitaker. Like she's right there with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hey, great seasons for Chip Curry, Kitching, and the BYU duo. Chamberlain, Rohatinsky, the BYU women were yeah. awesome. I can't believe that we're barely even mentioning them given how good they were. But um, yeah. All right. Uh, what's the next one? Most improved award on the men's side. Who was your pick? Uh, the nominees were Muhammad Sharif, Connor Murphy, Luke Hauser, Ronan McMahon, Staggs, Ethan Strand, Liam Murphy, Aiden Ryan, Lexington Hilton, and Ethan Brow. Another strong list here. Um, I'm pretty confident that of the next yeah okay never mind there's like of the next few awards i only get like half of them correct or something like that and i won't say (laughs) which ones i this is the one where i I get a little frustrated with you and i i i i don't like this at all my pick was ethan brow you take a Mm -hmm. look at what he did this guy had never run faster than 151 indoors outdoors and then he goes 148 at altitude and then 147 at the Husky Classic, qualifies for the national meet. It's just like, I don't know what more the guy has to do to be more improved. So he was my pick. <laughs> yeah, I and I, I think he's a, a very strong pick. And I think he went from that like kind of strong, um, mediocre in terms of national level to good at the national level. And I think that's always a a, a very significant jump in my mind though it it was luke hauser who went from that good to great which is always what i say is the most significant jump winning an ncaa title um i don't think any of us expected him at the beginning of this year to really contend for a national title and he went out and won and i i think at the end of the day that's why i had him it's just like a lot of these guys were non-factors and just this idea that we're going to have a guy who was already an All-American in the 1500 meters who had run, what, 355 at the beginning of the season, which I don't think we were 
maybe super surprised about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at it. I'm like, that's the most improved? Like, really? Um, so I don't know. Like, I just thought like there was actually, honestly, if you take a look at pretty much everyone else here, I think the only guy you could argue who was less improved than Hauser <laughs> was Aiden Ryan, his teammate. <laughs> and even then, Aiden Ryan was probably still better. <sighs> I, again, I, I just think that the the fact that he went from I, I mean he had huge gains in both the mile and the three k PR wise. Like it's not like he didn't improve time wise. Like he already had maybe good times in those events, but he also improved those dramatically and went from like oh that's great that you're in the final of a national championship to oh, you just won the national championship. Like, I, I think that is a, a significant leap. Who has been your second choice? Um, I was stuck between, I think, Ethan Brow and Liam Murphy. Um, I really like what he did. Um, and also Ethan Strand. Um, I think those kind of three were the next group. Ethan Strand, I mean, what he did, I, I was not as high on him at the beginning of the season, I think, as you were. And he converted me at ACCs into a true, true believer. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's impressive. I think for Murphy and Strand, there were already subtle signs that they could be really, really good. Um, but in terms of like, again, quantitatively, Lexington Hilton is probably like, why did I not win this award? <laughs> like, the guy had run 8073K, 1410K, 2920K. Uh, then runs 358 in the mile, 748 in the 3K, takes down like Michael Power and Joey Noakes, mm-hmm. Aiden Troutner and Devin Hart, Anthony Camilleri, like all these guys. I think Kai Robinson actually too. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that. But yeah, I mean, he he was great. And then Rodan McMahon stags. Like yeah. the guy was a non-factor. And then he goes 357, 356, 354, runs 148 for 800 meters. I think you take a look at just like these guys that were non-factors before. Now they're here. So, yeah. 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 I, I don't think there is a wrong answer. I think that there's a very good group for the most approved. Let's go to the women's side. Most approved nominees were Michaela Rose, Kellyanne Beckford, Wilma Nielsen, Catherine Mitchell, Anika Rice, Margot Appleton, Sadie Sargent, Jasmine Fair, and Sarah Carter. A, a heavy 800 contingent here. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. I'm going to go with the person who I thought was quantitatively one of the biggest jumps. Jasmine Fair, Fair, Fair of Tennessee, was a non-factor. Like, you look at her resume, it's very unexciting. Like, very, very, very unexciting. And then you look at what she did this season. Sean Carlson's like, and you're going to be elite. And she runs 1538 and she runs um, 909 for 3K. Like, and she would have gone to the national meet had she not uh, been out due to a rumored injury. So it's just one of those things where I think quantitatively it's Jasmine Fair. You had someone else. I had Michaela Rose. And, and I think what we're realizing is we just have a very different taste in terms of most improved and what we what we see you like the from like nowhere to somewhere i like the somewhere to like title contender kind of jump and i i, I don't think there's a raw i think most improved is generally a very nicely vague sounding award so you can have it kind of either way but i think we just have very different definitions I feel like there shouldn't have to be a, there shouldn't have to be multiple definitions. That's the thing. Like I, it's like I the most it's... valuable, like 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 in like basketball right now. Everybody's arguing over like what what does it really truly mean to be most valuable? Obviously, we right. well, we have our opinions, about, but but we're not talking about value. We're talking about improvement, right? And like I'm pretty sure Rose, yeah, she ran two o two already, and so now we're like, oh well, now she's third at the national meet. We're like, that's that's surprising like that's the most improved like if i'm you know if i'm some of these other women i'm like they were they weren't factors at all like sadie Sargent. hey, hey i'll 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 read what you wrote uh for for michaela rose but the leap from good to great to elite is extremely hard to deliver on and frankly rose is now in the all-time great territory for 800 meters strictly based on time 
Yeah, because I, I, I have to sell it. I have to sell it. I think that's as good of an argument as you need. I, I have to sell it somehow, Ben, right? I have to sell it. And it is true. Like everything I did say is true. I'm not lying there. But I think what you value, what you have to value is improvement. So Well, yeah, I but I, I think obviously there there's a line where it's like if someone came in like with a 20 minute 5k PR and now they're at 17 minutes like that you're not going to say that they were the most improved because they dropped three minutes in their 5k you're you're like there there has like time just pure time isn't the only thing that is okay but are we are we comparing all americans who aren't even national title contenders we're comparing all americans to 20 minute 5k runners in high school jv teams like what are we doing (laughs) Well, no, I'm not comparing all American. Like, I'm, I'm saying like what, what, like for Jasmine Fair, she wasn't an all American before, and now she was. Okay, in national I'm, contention. Like, I'm that, sorry. That's, like, that's your, that's So actually, Sergeant was not an all American. Appleton was an all American. Reese was an all American. Uh, Nielsen was an all American. You know, like, anyways, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, best performance award. We've got uh, Yusuf Bizimana's late kick gives him the NCAA title over 800 meters after. The Navasaki Anderson DQ, Anas SAE nearly misses mile uh, collegiate record with 350 PR at Boston University. Joe Wascom runs 351 mile PR to lead seven other Huskies under four minutes. Luke Hauser stuns the NCAA by winning tactical mile national title. Drew Bosley runs NCAA 3K record of 736. Dylan Jacobs runs 1311 for 5K for NCAA number three all-time mark indoors. Kai Robinson runs brilliant 5K race en route to 1311 PR and win at Boston University. Fuaba Saudi runs perfect race to win 3K national title. And Ryan Shoppy splits 352 on the anchor leg to give Oklahoma State's DMR an NCAA record. The amount of performances on both the men and women's side that you could have pointed to and been like, when that happened, this is going to easily win yep. best performance of the year award. Like all of these are fantastic. And, and like, I really struggled with this and I am not going to disagree with anybody who voted on pretty much any of these um, with the exception of maybe one or two, but I ended up going the Joe Wascom runs three fifty one PR to lead seven other Huskies under four. And Honestly, it's not because Joe ran 351. It was because like the the overall like Washington performance. And I don't know if that's cheating considering like the the just volume uh, of runners running as fast as they did for Washington. But I just I can't think of any other time that we're going to see something quite like that, where maybe in the future we'll see those times replicated. But I don't think we're ever going to see that many men at the top of like the mile or any event of a performance list, the way that we did for Washington this year. And I, I think that race really encapsulates that, you uh, know, and I just think that maybe is the rarest performance out of all of these. So here's the thing. I agree with you, but the problem is that in our criteria, we have to say it's a singular. performance. I, I know because if it's a team, it's a, it's a DMR, then it opens the floodgates to like, well, what about everything at any time at all over yeah. the place, right? Like then it gets to be like a little bit of a gray area. So if the argument, however, was Joe Wascom ran a 351 PR and oh, by the way, took down yeah. a handful of his own teammates that ran 352, 53, 55, 57, right? Like so on and so forth. Yeah. If that's the argument, I kind of get that. Like that's mm-hmm. fine. And I don't look at it more as like an overall team thing. Yeah. I look at it as like an individual result. For me, it's Drew Bosley. NCAA 3K record. I mean, it would have been Jacobs if, if he had gotten it. Like <laughs> I, It's just an insane record. It's an mm-hmm. insane record. The fact that like no one touched it for years and years and years. Nagoose breaks it last year. We're like, wow, wonder how Barely. close everyone's going to get them to get. Barely. And then Boz is like, I'm just going to eh, smash it. Destroy it. The fleet, you know, like eh, got it off the shoulder. He just destroys it. And then Jacobs basically destroys it. Um I, it, it it was just a really humbling result. It was really cool because I don't know if Bosley would have been the first guy that we thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Bosley. Yeah, I I thought that was probably my second pick, either that or the the Masaudi three K national title, um, beating the record holder, beating the the guy who was second on the performance list uh, or second t- second all time in the, that event as well. Um, but yeah, what Bosley did, I think just the pure, 
like shock when you see the result and like combined with how fast that time really is um, just like globally, I, I think puts it in a class of its own. I'm stuck between what my second one would have been. I think it's either going to be a NAS SAE, like barely missing the mile mm-hmm. NCAA record because running 350 is amazing and yep. getting that close is amazing. But then to compete for the win and like come up this short from the win yeah. is, I think, really hard against a, a top-level pro athlete, right? Mm-hmm. In almost, uh, almost Bartlesmeyer. Yeah. The other one, however, is then Ryan Shoppy's 352 split. It's because Oklahoma State destroys the NCAA DMR record and they beat Washington, who also runs 916. So like for or was it not, did they also run 916? Maybe yeah. they did. Close enough. And that's why I'm I'm like, man, that was really close. So for me, I think I probably would have gone Oklahoma State DMR. Ryan Shoppy, you know, you got you have to give Ryan Shoppy the main singular performance in that. But yeah. um yeah. I think that was another one where you were just stunned to see like just how fast, like when you looked at the split, you're like, he really ran that fast and held off Kieran Lum, who has run 352 this year. I I just, I didn't see that coming from Shopee and and for him to do the run that time uh, and run the so poised um, and and just take home the win in record time. Yeah, I, I, I think that's an excellent pick as well. Um, anything else before we move on to the women? Let's move on. Best performance for the women nominees. Roisin Willis wins 800 meter national title in 159 at altitude. Caitlin Tui runs NCAA record of 424. Caitlin Tui runs NCAA 3K record of 835. Caitlin Tui splits 423 on the anchor leg of nc state's dmr to finish third at acc championships uh, sorry am i reading caitlin's twoies t first or am i reading the nominees yeah, um yeah. juliet whitaker holds off lauren gregory's big surge on anchor leg of dmr to win national title olivia howell stuns the country by winning mile national title over lauren gregory tough to have lauren gregory I know. second on two of these in consecutive i felt so bad typing it but the context was important um this one frustrated me to no end because you look at I'll, I'll oh, spoil I, this for everyone. I, I agree with you on this. I am in a hundred percent agreement. We are in sync on this. You and I have a little bit of a bone to pick with everyone else who voted on this. I'll give a spoiler to everyone else uh, listening. Um, ben and I's vote did not win. Part of that's my fault. Because I created the criteria. And the criteria is our TSR writers can vote for the performance that they believe is either the most impressive, the most entertaining, or the most surprising. Some people like to take that entertaining and surprising factor a little too far. You and I did not. Our vote was Caitlin Tui runs a 3K record of 835. In my mind, this is a Mm no-brainer. Apparently we were wrong. But I will not say why the other ones... The other one won. So, look, all of them were like very good. Like Caitlin Tui ran another NCAA record. I I think the three K record was more impressive than the mile one. Um, and so that's why I ended up picking that one. But I mean, Willis running one fifty nine to win an NCAA title at altitude that is extremely impressive. Like also was entertaining. I don't know how surprising. Um, but and then the Caitlin Tui running the four twenty three on anchor. I was stunned when I saw that, but she had run 424 before, so it wasn't, like, wild. Um, and then, like, Olivia Howell stunning uh, everyone by winning the national title. 100% surprising. But also, it wasn't, like, a crazy, crazy fast time. I mean, it was very quick, um, converted to, I think, 428. But it wasn't... I, I, I get, None of them seemed to hold up to running an NCAA record by six seconds and competing with some of the best U S pros out there. Yeah. And that, and that's the problem. It's like, what do you define the best performance as? Right. Cause I think it kind of goes back to the cross country argument where I was like, Carter Solomon taking down Parker Wolf. And you were like, well, wait, is that the best performance or the most entertaining performance? And that's why I think mm-hmm. the criteria is kind of the way it is, because it adds that 
you know, flexibility in terms of right. what you need and what you want. Um, what would have been your second best performance? Uh, I mean, an NCAA record is hard to say no. I'll go with Willis, though, running yeah. 159 at altitude for an NCAA title. I mean, just a phenomenal like time way she ran the race to win a title. I, I think that that kind of gets a little bit of everything right there. I agree. I agree. So, all right, before we give away too much, let's, let's move on. All right, let's go to best team slash distance coach award on the men. We had the nominees of Andy Powell, Dave Smith, Chris Mittenberg, Vin Lanana, Ricardo Santos, Jeremy Sudbury, John Gondek, and Marcus O'Sullivan. Real quick, I'm going to read those back with some teams just to give context. Andy Powell, Washington, Dave Smith, Oklahoma State, Chris Miltonberg, North Carolina, Vin Lanana, Virginia, Ricardo Santos, Stanford, Jeremy Sudbury, Iowa State, John Gondak, Penn State, and Marcus O'Sullivan, Villanova. Sorry, go ahead. Who did you have as your selection? Andy Powell. I had Andy Powell. I think this was one of the easier ones to pick. A lot of good coaches in this group, but I, I just haven't seen... The, the dominance in the mile and just quite frankly, just the overall potency in every event uh, distance event that Washington display this year made Andy Powell, the clear selection in my mind. Who was your second? I think Dave Smith. Yeah. Um, it's I'm, I'm It's either him and I can't believe I'm saying this. It's either him or John Gondak. Yeah, I think that was the only other one. Ricardo Santos had a chance if if his top trio went crazy, yeah. but they just didn't have the best season. Um, and so I think John Gondek's probably the only other guy that can make that top three. Yeah, Iowa State like had just as good 800-meter runners. Like Their firepower was probably better than Penn State's, but Penn State had six guys at 148 or faster. And oh, by the way, of those, five, of those six, five of them are underclassmen. Which is and they also got the best finish at NCAAs too. And they went one, two at big tens. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty impressive. Like it's, I mean, you know, Penn state was not really having a great few stretches for a couple Mm of seasons where they just weren't factors like they used to be. Now they're kind of coming back where it's like, Oh, are they 800 you again? I think Iowa state, Texas A&M will have some arguments. Old miss will have some arguments to be had. Um, but that's kind of why I like Gondak. Sudbury would be up there. I, I don't know. It's it's either him or Dave Smith. I mean, what Dave Smith did, like he just developed three or four guys who were just truly elite. Yeah, I think what Dave Smith did to create the DMR team to get that record, I think he pushed every right button. He had like guys like Shoppy and Meyer running really well, and then had arguably the 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 best runner in the country develop. Uh, this year under his tutelage and Fuad Masoudi, um, to for him to run as well as he did in the DMR to win the 3K. I mean, these were just things that we did not expect from this Cowboy team on December 1st. No, no, but they were really impressive. Everyone made everyone made the leap. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, Meyer was already there. Like Meyer already made the leap. Um, but yeah, very, very, very impressive. Um, anyone else that you wanted to highlight? Not particularly. I think we we covered it. I mean, Marcus O'Sullivan, I think, like we said, it was a shame that we didn't see Villanova's DMR at their full potential. Um, But I thought they had a very solid season. We just didn't see anybody really stand out at Nationals. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Let's move on to the women's uh, coaches. We got Dilshi Taylor, BYU, uh, Mauricia Powell, Washington, Shalane uh, Flanagan, Oregon. Lori Hennis, NC State, J.J. Clark, Stanford, Nick Steniff and staff for Alabama, Dave Smith, Oklahoma State, Matt Sparks, Notre Dame, uh, Joe Franklin, New Mexico. And I'm realizing I did not add the write-up for Matt Sparks. Sorry, Matt Sparks. <laughs> um, so I had J.J. Clark here. I don't think you did, though. Um, I did not. I had Dilji Taylor. I think both are excellent selections, but at the end of the day, I think what JJ Clark did taking two true freshmen and obviously super, super talented 
and getting them to go one, two in their first NCAA championships, I, I think is just incredible coaching job. And also underrated, like to be able to get, um, what was it? Melissa Tanaka ready to run that DMR leg. She, I mean, we talk a lot about Willis and Whitaker doing what they did for Stanford to win the DMR, but they don't win without Tanaka. Tanaka is really yeah. the reason why they do. She gave them the lead and they never looked back. And I don't think anybody expected Melissa Tanaka to be the reason why the DMR was won one way or the other. For me, it's Dilji Taylor. I mean, the like this BYU team is so young. There were so many women who were not proven or still had to break out or were struggling. And this team was so insanely deep, so well-rounded from a distance perspective. Here's what I kind of basically wrote for, for Taylor. It's freshman Riley Chamberlain, Taylor, uh, Taylor Rohatinsky, basically qualified for the mile if they wanted to. Rohatinsky mm-hmm. scratched. Sadie Sargent involved into a true national caliber name, 435 miler, 857 3K. Lexi Halliday, uh, Lowry became far more versatile and is also a 3K national qualifier. McKenna Lee ran 5445 for 5,000 meters. Jenna Hutchins, this was a big thing. She began mm-hmm. to rebound after struggling for her first year. Aubrey Frenthway was a top 10 runner in the 5K. Claire Seymour had, again, the greatest peak. We don't know how she did it to earn All American honors in the 800 meters. Alina Ellsworth was already a top 800 meter talent, missed the national meet by that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just insane. <laughs> this is a very young team. It's an unproven team. It's a team that's supposed to be like reloading. And they just like, no, we're actually just as good as before. And like, to me, that's unbelievable coaching. From a depth perspective, no one had a better season developing their entire roster than Delgene Taylor. Like what she yep. did. And we've talked about this many times throughout this season how excited we are for BYU's future and how you can just see the roadmap to get back to where they were a year or two ago, just based off of this season, because you saw so many people taking big strides and not just like strides from like way far away from NCAA contention to like on the fringe. No, they went, they skipped that step. They went straight into NCAA like, qualifying contention like they went right in there a lot of like you said you listed all those women that qualified for nationals or were right there it it was a really really just impressive performance they didn't have anybody really besides seymour really push for those all-american honors necessarily but they just were so incredibly deep and despite being very very young so it would taylor have been your second choice oh yeah. yeah 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 no doubt yeah, I'm not sure. Clark was probably my second choice. I'm a, it's a little... Yeah, because, I mean, I, I would have said Washington, Mauricio Powell, but they just didn't run well at Nationals at all. Yeah. All right, let's move yeah. on. All right. Uh, most valuable runner on the men's side. Nominees, Dylan Jacobs, Fouad Masaudi, Drew Bosley, Anas Sae, Joe Wascom, Luke Hauser, and Yusuf Bizimana. I think we both agreed on this one. We did. Uh, Fouad Masaudi was our pick. Different conversation, however, from our rankings. <laughs> and that's because well, I think this is a value pick. Mm-hmm. And you know exactly, and I knew you would understand me on this, which is why yeah. I knew this would be a good podcast discussion. Because um, we even like talk about it in the article. Oh, Masaudi, what he brought from a value standpoint being able to go in the DMR and being able to expand to the mile 3K, work effectively, take down record holders, title contenders, tactically great. Uh, yeah, I think it was Masaudi. Yeah, I mean, I think you talk about how versatile he is and and the points that he was able to score at NCAAs. He didn't have the near record-breaking times that like someone like Dylan Jacobs or record-breaking times like Drew Bosley uh, did throughout the whole season, which is why maybe he wasn't as highly rated as some in our overall rankings. Um, when you take into account the entire season and, and those times, but just purely for a guy that you want on your team at nationals, there was really no one better and no one you wanted more than Fouad Masaudi. Yeah, I mean, I, I would understand the Jacobs uh, argument. I would. Mm. I mean, I, I think there's there's an argument there. 
Um, but I, I'd agree. In terms of utility, I think you're getting the most out of Masaudi. So um, outside of the Jacobs and Masaudi, who would you have said third? You see, it's hard because I, I would have liked to have gone with one of the Milers, um, but neither of them were top two in their, their own event. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really struggling. I, I thought it was just Miss Saudi or Jacobs. Um, I, I think I'll maybe go with busy Monet. He was just so consistent. I think you could just trust what he was going to do the entire year in the 800. Yeah. It's either him or Bosley. I mean, the, the, three K, the two top three finishes, like mm-hmm. that's pretty darn good. Um, yeah, but I would understand the busy Monet. Like at some point you have to give the middle distance guy some credit here. Like what he did, so consistent, perfectly, tactically perfect, super fast, ran a ridiculously fast time. Like he might have run mm-hmm. 145 if he wasn't impeded. Um, yep. So we'll see. Yep. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. Most valuable runner award for the women. Nominees Caitlin Tui, Roisin Willis, Juliet Whitaker, Lauren Gregory, Taylor Rowe, Amina Matug, and Hilda Olamamwe. Caitlin Tui accept your crown. This is where this whole season has been headed. This was the easiest decision of all of these. All right. So in, in a world where Caitlin Tui does not exist, who's your, who's your pick? Uh, oof. I thought it's this tough. was going to be an easy answer. Yeah. But I might actually go Juliet Whitaker here. Oh, really? I was going to is go my instant. My instinct was Willis, but then we've talked so much about what Whitaker did in the DMR, in the mile, and the 4x4, and I think it has to be her, actually. From a value standpoint, you have an argument. I think it's Willis or Gregory. Because Gregory, like, yes, did she win a national title in the DMR? No. Did she win a national title in the mile? No. But Gregory outside of Caitlin Tui, is the mm-hmm. only woman who would have been able to try and close that gap and potentially win that DMR national title. That DMR lineup, like you, it, it's pretty much her. Like it was not, it was pretty Lauren Gregory centric. Got unlucky in the mile final. She still ran a really, really good race. Mm-hmm. So the utility between the mile, the DMR, her consistency all season long, her tactical excellence, her ability to thrive on pretty much every scenario. And oh, by the way, she was a national qualifier in the 5K. She decided to scratch that. Yeah. She ran nine flat in the 3K. We know that she's a title contender when she's at her best in the 3K. To me, the value that Lauren Gregory brings to the table across every distance event, other than like what, the 800? Yeah. Her consistency, ability to double, triple. Like I know Whitaker was great. But Gregory has that range that's just as good. Yeah, I mean, Gregory has by far the most range, I think, out of anybody in this group besides Tui for her ability to go to the mile and to the 5K and be a realistic uh, top three threat in all those races uh, is extraordinary. And what she did in the DMR was one of the best performances that you'll ever see from a non-champion. Like, it, that that split. It was incredible to watch. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a, a bad answer. I, I think for me, it was probably between Gregory Willis and Whitaker. Um, I think all of them have a very good argument for it. Um, at, from a season as a whole, though, it's probably Gregory. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's really only because, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if it's, it's close. It's close though. Like Willis and Whitaker had great overall seasons. Like they mm-hmm. were really, really good. So um, great. Is that it? That's it. Let's move on to our transfer news. So we had a couple that we reported on this week. Wanted to try to at least touch on all, uh, a, a few of them in depth and maybe just briefly mention a few of them as well. The first one we'll go with Ahmed Ibrahim of Boise State is on the transfer portal two full years. He's run 756 in the 3K, 1348 in the 5K. He was 15th at the West Regional last year, 17th at Joe Piani. Someone who's going to help you on the grass and on the track. A significant, significant free agent and will be a huge addition to wherever he lands. 
to clarify, the 15th at West Regional XC Championships, not not yes. on the track. Sorry. So just yeah, to yeah. note, no, you're good. Um, I So like I wrote this, and I think there were two obvious teams that I kind of highlighted and picked. Mm-hmm. But now I'm realizing Gonzaga would be a great fit for him. He would. That would be amazing. That like they're losing a couple guys. He's a distance first kind of dude. They need a little more firepower. It's the same geological like geographic area. Um, he would be a really good fit. Like you know, he's he's not going to be he's not going to be a home run hitter. But I, I don't know, man. I, I think that would be a really nice spot. The other one that I've thought a lot about, Cal Poly, makes a ton of oh, sense. Yes, it does. That's a great, great point. It, he would be perfect for Van Hoy. That would be that that real nice piece, that veteran presence as he's bringing in a, a good young recruiting class, someone that can kind of be a front runner for them to help them qualify for NCAAs, give those younger guys good experience at that level. I think he would be a perfect jump start for that program. Yeah, like I said, there's two other names, two other teams that I listed in the article. Go read to find out. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. And here's the nice thing about him. He's just valuable, right? He holds a lot of good value. You can plug and play in anywhere. Um, he still has a high ceiling. Like he could mm-hmm. be that low stick that you need him to be. Two years of eligibility, like from a value standpoint, great. He fits great. anywhere. Yeah, he does. Um, uh, let's move... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you take it. Uh, next up, Abdu Rizak Ibrahim, also on the transfer portal from New Mexico. He has one full year of eligibility left. Talk about someone who can fit anywhere in any event. 341 in the 1500, 357 miler, 748 in the 3K, 1332 in the 5K, two-time cross-country All-American and was 84th at the national meet last year. Someone who can be that front runner, can be that low stick for a program, um, or could be that last piece, um, uh, that uh, like next scoring potency piece for a national title contender. What? Where do you kind of see him going? Maybe besides some of your obvious picks that you had in the article. Just to note, he also has a three fifty six altitude converted mile. So just to throw mm-hmm. that out there. So there was one or two teams that I kind of threw out there. But now as I kind of think about it a little bit more, I can't help but think kind of has a little bit of like a Oklahoma State vibe to him. Yeah. Kind of like can be really good in the mile, can move up to the 5K, cross country, be just as effective. He he kind of reminds me as, as like, um, gosh, I – Almost like an Alex Mayer kind of type, like maybe Fouad Masaudi. I don't know. Like they, they, Dave Smith has no problem and has had a history of no problem going after JUCO guys, going after yep. you know guys from overseas. Um, and I think he kind of fits that vibe. And like, and you think about teams that kind of need that extra umph that are going to need to to replace firepower. Oklahoma State could be that team. Yeah, I mean, he would keep them up at the level that they want to be at um, where they were this past season. I, I think that would be a great fit. The other school that I, I had listed, Arkansas, he, he seems like just yeah. a, a Razorback, yeah. like a, a, a great target. They're going to need to really refresh and, and rebuild. Uh, he's only has that one year of eligibility, which um, is a little bit of a, a, a hamper for them. But we've seen Arkansas go from knee-deep in a rebuild to podium contender in the blink of an eye based off of a few good transfers and a few good recruits. He would be a huge part in them going from where they were last year to being much more contenders if they can get him in another piece or two. What was it? What was the year? Like 2019, was it? Was it when they they got Kemboy and... And they got uh, Chabosin, and they got yes. McLeod, your your old teammate. They got uh, they brought back Boyd from a redshirt year. Yeah, like it, it was something crazy like that. And they were just a completely different team. I wonder if that's going to be what happens here because the year before that, they had like a down year. Yep, build down year. Kind of what happened. Kind of what happened this past year. They could be gearing up 
We'll see what happens. I, I could absolutely see that happening. Um, all right. Next one I wanted to touch on Annabelle Eastman, George Mason to Providence. One full year of eligibility, uh, 923 in the 3K, 945 Steepler, 83rd at the Winter Cross Country Championships, 92nd at NCAAs in the fall of 2021. So good experience at the national level on the grass um, and the track, I believe. Just someone that I think is going to be a nice, nice addition to this Providence team. Um, Providence uh, loses a few women, but not many. They actually bring back a large, large handful of their team from last year. Uh, and, and actually a lot of their top scorers from last year as well. Mm-hmm. Eastman brings uh, stability. She brings a veteran presence. You know that she's going to probably deliver on the national stage, historically speaking. And mm-hmm. I feel personally like she can be an all-American caliber kind of low stick at her best. I think there are moments and flashes of that throughout her resume. They were 16th last year, the province women were. Mm-hmm. Over under 13 and a half place of where they finished this year. I'll go under, and I, I think they just need Eastman to be like a solid scorer in that scenario, really. Like, I, I mean, if she can be kind of a third scorer for them, I think they, they're right there. Yeah, I think it's easy to be like, oh, they got this one name, and now they're going to be so much better. But she, like, last year, what they didn't have is they didn't have a ton of stability. There's, there mm-hmm. were like a handful of gaps, and you're like, well, where's what's going to happen here? Um, and they were a great team. But now this team is another year older. Eastman plugs a gap. Like those small things make all the difference, far more of a scoring difference than some people realize. Um, it cuts down on points dramatically. Like if someone already has like a like a like a compact top five and they add a new low stick in there, that does nothing for the team score than like, hey, your fifth person's a hundred places back, mm-hmm. but we added someone who cuts down like 70 of those places. So yeah. um that's why that's why I like this move. I agree. Yeah, she doesn't. If she turns out to be that all American low stick, that's great. But really, they just, like you said, need someone to bolster their depth to make sure that their fifth score isn't so far back that what their fourth score was last year is now their fifth. And and that's going to be a huge, huge boost for them. Um, All right, let's talk about Vinnie Mari headed from Mm -hmm. Arizona State to Notre Dame. I thought one of the biggest bits of transfer news that has flown under the radar a little bit one cross-country season two seasons of indoor outdoor eligibility he's run 149 in the eight 341 in the 1500 755 in the 3k 1339 in the 5k he was ninth at pac 12s this past year in cross-country 11th at the west regional and 87th at ncaa's all on the grass he is someone we don't really talk about having the best range in the country, but he is right up there. He is start out as just a very traditional middle distance guy, but has turned into a great cross country runner, someone who's run 1330s in the 5k. I think he is a fantastic pickup for Notre Dame and is going to help them so, so much next year. You don't usually hear about a 149, 800 meter runner, qualifying for the national outdoor championships in the 5k that's extremely rare and the only times you do hear about that are from the 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 guys who are just so ridiculously good that they can run a 149 in a time trial kind of thing like an ed cheseret kind of thing like Mm -hmm. those are the really the only instances where you hear about that he's he's incredible and like tactically pretty solid the the cross-country value that he brings is really good like he was very underrated this past fall and like 87th the ncaa's for a notre dame team that had a not great postseason their postseason was pretty not pretty shaky they luckily return a lot of their team but now they just get to add someone who stabilizes it a lot like annabelle eastman um Mm -hmm. so not only that but then the diversity on the track he's from a value standpoint, huge. Yeah, I mean, he's going to score plenty of points at ACCs, at, and he should score. He has the potential to score at, at the NCAA level on the track as well. Um, and, and he's going to be someone that could be a low stick for them or could just be, like you said, that fourth scorer who finishes 80th and gives Notre Dame a, a fighting chance at a podium finish because that back end doesn't fall off very much. They got a lot of young guys who are coming into their own 
and he kind of turbocharges their lineup for the next year, at least on the grass, um, while still providing plenty of surplus value on the track. I, I am very excited to see how this goes for them. Yeah, yeah, I remember we uh, we posted that in the Slack, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what a great pickup!" And you're right, you're right, you're right. But it was, uh, yeah, it was it was fun seeing that. Um, all right, do we who's uh, who does the next name? Well, let's just run through. Um, so I'm gonna just read off four quick names here, and we can you can kind of go into them as you want. Thomas Chasen, Colorado State to Portland. He has one full year of eligibility left. Uh, McKaylee Caesar, Cal State Fullerton to UCLA. One cross-country season, one outdoor season remaining. Carter Cheeseman, Notre Dame to Belmont. He has two full season, two full years of eligibility. Uh, and Sunel Misando, Colby Community College to Iowa State, two full years of eligibility remaining. How, uh, out of that group, who do you want to focus in on real quick? Masando. I mean, Iowa State does this. They go to the Juco mm-hmm. market. They find a superstar long-distance guy. They bring him in, and he has a massive impact. Iowa State needed desperately a greater long-distance presence um, for cross-country. They're stacked in the middle distances, but they're going to be losing a couple guys from last fall. They didn't make it to the national meet last fall. They were fine. They weren't great. You know, they just needed more firepower, more low stick presence after losing Wesley Kiptu and Festus Lagarde mm-hmm. and a handful of other guys who I'm not even thinking of. Um, and so Masanel Mas- Masando was a Juco champion in cross country, Juco champion in the 3K, Juco champion in the 5K. He screams like, I'm going to be a Juco transfer and be your low stick and cross. Like, I'm going to be an All-American. And um, he could be really, really dangerous. Now it's just a matter of how do they build around him. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, PRs on the track that scream All-American. But what he did on the grass, he beat Cap- Patrick Kiprop um, at Chili Pepper last year. Like, he is a monster on the the grass and should be very very good like you said it has all the makings of a pure low stick for iowa state someone that i think we're gonna have to look at pretty hard in our top 50 rankings probably this summer um Mm -hmm. when we're doing our cross-country rankings he's gonna be a huge pickup for them and the fact that he has two years of eligibility is huge for iowa state team that might not be ready to compete nationally next year but should be in two years very good point. Very, very good point. Um, Thomas Chaston, uh, very underrated name, I think. I think Portland's getting a really nice nice talent. Um, at the very least, just solidifies a lineup that obviously had a fluke day last year. Um, Michaela Caesar, she could bring some stability. She's improving mm-hmm. a lot to UCLA. And um, Carter Cheeseman, going to be uh, one of the next Belmont's uh, stars. And, you know, So that'll be exciting. Um, He's actually improving recently, which is clutch. Um, that'll be nice to see, and Belmont might actually be the benefactors of that. He has taken a big step forward and started to fulfill a lot of that promise he showed in high school this past year. Ran a few times for, for I think, it was pretty consistent presence in Notre Dame's cross-country lineup. Didn't have a ton of fantastic performances, but was pretty solid. Ran 7.59 in the 3K, has two full seasons. I... Uh, this is a Belmont team who has been rebuilding a little bit over the last year or two, but has a good group of guys at this point, but doesn't really have that like potential low stick, uh, like lock to be all regional performer at the South regional. He provides that. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Ben, I think that's it. I think we got through it all. This was a, this is a fuller episode than I think we expected. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we got done the end of season awards and I was like, oh, this is going to be a little bit longer. Uh, <laughs> but no, this was great. Thank you everyone for, for listening. Five star ratings in review on Spotify, on Apple. Go subscribe on YouTube. If you leave a comment on YouTube, we will try to read it, uh, especially if it's entertaining enough for sure. Yeah. Um, so go go to YouTube, go subscribe and help us out there. Like, comment, subscribe, whatever the, the kids in, in these days say on YouTube. But um content and the season awards if you want to go check out who actually won those awards from all of our writers d1 d2 d3 all out on the site we've got raleigh relays previews coming up if this is released on wednesday it might actually be coming out soon then mm-hmm. um we've got a few other things we're working on i don't want to like totally sp- spill it yet but a few things in the works and that's it sounds good well until next week garrett
I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.